What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Rough Golf Podcast. I am your host, Jake Harris. If you guys aren't familiar with me, I started a YouTube channel about a year and a half ago called Rough Golf. It's all about having fun, introducing some tips and tricks to average golfers just like me to help them better their game and to do so affordably. But I also want to use this podcast as a way to bring newcomers into the game of golf, maybe help them answer some of their questions that they have about the sport, and maybe break down and deconstruct some of the myths that have been created in pop culture or just around the dinner table by people talking about golf and what it is. Today I want to talk about Live Golf versus the PGA. I know this has been everywhere right now. Golf media is nutso about it, and it's just everyone's talking about it. But I want to come at it from a different angle because I think so many people are really just, they're hammering live golf, and I don't think that they're giving it its due. They're not even letting this little, you know, little baby golf tour grow up yet. I mean, they're not even getting out of the the diapers yet, you know. Let it let this tour come out, mature a little bit, and then we can talk about whether or not there's a place for it in the ecosystem of professional golf. I believe that there is, even at this early stage. But if you guys aren't familiar with Live Golf, you know, some of you may have not uh, really heard about the structure or the breakdown of Live Golf. Live Golf is a tour that is backed by the Saudi. Wealth Fund got over $500 billion plus dollars there. I mean, more money than, you know, people could even fathom, I'm sure. But basically, they've got deep pockets. So they have decided to go ahead and start a golf tour. And the structure for Live Golf is 54-hole, three-day, no-cut events, typically Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that means those golfers are home on Sunday enjoying those hard earned dollars. They have eight total events, seven regular events spaced all across the U.S. as well. Uh, I think there, there was one in London that was the original one that they kicked it off with. And then I believe the championship is supposed to be held in Saudi Arabia. So that makes eight total events. They've got shotgun starts versus the same T starts. They've got teams. This is really a different form of golf, professional golf at least, than we've ever seen before. So this is pretty interesting. And then, of course, what everybody wants to talk about is the money, the the big, big purses that these events are offering. So $25 million purse per regular event. These are regular events. These, these aren't, I mean, these are not major championships. These aren't like you know, the Masters or something like that, where there's a lot of hype and money and investment. These are just regular events. So we're talking a lot of money, okay? The individual who wins these, one of these events for the Live Golf League gets $4 million. $4 million. To put that into perspective, the Players' Championship winner gets $3.6 million. I'm just going to let that marinate for a while. Okay, I think it's marinated long enough. This is crazy money, okay? A lot of people think it's all about the money. I say, 
with these golfers, with the time and investment that they put into honing their craft, just like anybody else in any other sport or any other career for that matter, who spends hours upon hours of working hard to achieve a level of greatness, they should be rewarded for their hard work. So the pay structure of these events, again, $4 million to the winner. Last place gets $120,000 for coming in last. You basically get to go out and play golf for three days, and somebody's like, oh, hey, you didn't shoot that well? That's okay. Here's $120,000. Better, better luck next time, you know? Crazy. Now, when you compare that to the PGA structure, we've got some differences here, okay? PGA structure, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with it, but just yeah, a quick recap for anybody who isn't. They've got four-day... 72-hole events that do have cuts. They play Thursday to Sunday. Typically, Thursday and Friday are the days in which players that aren't making the cut will indeed go home with no money. They do 45 regular events and three playoffs. That's at least for the 2021-2022 tour season. They do mostly individual play, so each individual golfer is playing for his own earnings, his own winnings, everything. There's, there's no teams, there's no collective effort, just one guy trying to do the absolute best he can and shoot low scores. Now, the PGA does have group events, the WGC, Match Play, um, Ryder Cup, and then there's some other special events that they have uh, that allow players to come together and uh, play as a team. So, you're taking, you know, this this new idea that Live Golf has no cut, 54 holes versus uh, the traditional what everybody's grown up with, what what I grew up with, PGA setup, which is the four day cut events, and then the purses are just all over the place for PGA. I mean, it can vary wildly from a major event all the way down to an event that you know is not really. It's not a big event, okay? These are there are smaller events on the PGA, and they just don't draw the same amount of money for the purse, okay? You're comparing these two tours, and the differences are, you know, 54 hole versus 72 hole uh, shotgun starts versus the same tee starts, which there's a big debate right now and at least has been in golf for a very long time about fast play versus slow play shotgun starts are going to help speed play up golf takes a while to play especially uh, when you have you know a ton of people on the course even the pros have different speeds at which they play and it, it i mean golf can take a long time to play 18 holes so shotgun starts helps speed that up not everybody's starting on the same tee you can move things along a little bit faster. It's a little more, shall we say, action-packed. Now, the team play versus the individual play, I've always liked that golf was just, you know, one guy and his caddy trying to battle every other guy and their caddy. So I like that. I like that aspect of golf. And the PGA... I mean, they've got a corner on the market for that. If Live Golf wants to introduce a team structure into the ecosystem of professional golf, then 
why not? That's something new. It's it's cool. It can be exciting. You know, there, who knows what will happen with that team structure? There may be future events and future seasons of the Live Golf Tour that have strictly, uh, you know, teams battling teams and, and not even taking into consideration individual scores and vice versa. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go with that. But again, something new, something interesting. Bring it in. Let's see. Let's see what we get. So you've got the differences right there between Live Golf and the PGA. PGA, the old standard, the OG of professional golf. Live Golf, the newcomer, trying to mix things up, trying to bring a team aspect into the sport of golf. I don't know. I think this is interesting. I think that the golf media needs to just back off a little bit and let the Live Golf Tour play out. Let, it, let them play through, all right? I'm just going to say it. Let them play through. Let them get a full season under their belt and see where they go in the next season. So I guess the main difference, the one that, that everybody is just hammering, is the money. Okay? The money is staggering. I said it earlier on. The money is, is huge. So one has to wonder, is it all for the money? Is that all these guys are playing golf for? Is just to make big bucks? Are they leaving the PGA? Are they saying, I don't want you anymore? I want this new shiny live golf tour that's going to pay me, you know, big bucks to to um, display my craft uh, on golf courses around the world. Maybe it is. I think it is. But what's wrong with that? We can't. We cannot knock these guys for wanting to make more money in their sport. I mean, it happens all the time with football players, baseball players, basketball players. These guys get traded around. They get, you know, this team saying, oh, I'll give you this bonus and all this stuff. And where's the backlash? I mean, maybe if you have a really, really big star, the city in which he played is going to be like, oh, I don't, bro, I don't like him anymore because he doesn't play for our city anymore. Okay, of course you're going to hurt some feelings. But these guys have a set amount of time that they're going to be performing at their best. They want to make money? What's wrong with that? Nothing should be wrong with wanting to make money for being a good golfer. This brings me into my next topic, which I'm just going to I'm going to come out and say it. Let the free market decide. Okay? The best possible decider for which tour is going to come out on top or whether or not the tours are going to both coexist in the same pro golf realm, whatever. It's all going to be decided by the product that they put out there for consumers to enjoy. Okay, If Live Golf is a better product, then people are going to go after that product. If the PGA is a better product, then people are going to stay with them. Some people like Coca-Cola. Some people like Pepsi. A lot of people like to listen to the Rick Shields Golf Show. I'm one of them. I think he's got uh, a lot of good insight. Some people like Eric Anders Lang and what he does. So everybody's got different tastes, but that doesn't mean that you know Rick Shields and Eric Anders Lang can't coexist in the podcast world. They do. There's plenty of room for multiple golf tours 
in the professional golf arena. I mean, we should have, you know, 10 or 15 different professional golf tours that have a range of different qualifications and different formats. I mean, that's what makes things interesting. Challenging the standard that the PGA has set allows us to approach the sport from different angles and make it better, make it more interesting for the up-and-coming fans or potential players, what have you, to enjoy the game of golf in a different format from what they've had since, well, ever. These professional golfers are independent contractors, and we've only ever seen them in one capacity, which is on the PGA Tour. That's where they're at. They're on the PGA Tour. If you're over in Europe, they're on the DP World Tour, European Tour. I mean, that's all that you see. So why not introduce Live Golf and say, hey, let's see, let's hear them out. Let's see what their ideas are. Let's see if this team thing works. Give it some time. Let them have a season. You know, let, let them just get out there, put their product out there, and see if it works. The fact that the PGA thinks that there's only space enough for them and the other tours that they are, you know, chummy with is ridiculous. The free market needs to decide. And furthermore, the fact that the PGA is penalizing players who are independent contractors for wanting to play on a different tour is ridiculous. I mean, these professionals, these professional athletes, these professional golfers have the right to decide where they want to display their craft. If they want to play on the PGA Tour, let them. If they want to play on the Live Golf Tour, let them. Let's have free movement back and forth between the tours, and let's all bring golf to the next level. Let's welcome in new interested people who want golf in a different format from your traditional 72-hole PGA format. I, I find it ridiculous that there's all these lawsuits and this craziness that is coming out of uh, this just anger and frustration between the PGA and Live Golf. I mean, why not just let these guys play golf? That's what it's all about. Let's put away the politics. I mean, people can say it's politics, all right? But let's break this down and find out what it, what it really is about. I believe it's all about the money. The PGA is concerned that they are going to lose viewership because Live Golf has got this new and exciting product. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the, the new kid on the block with the shiny bicycle and all the kids in the neighborhood are like, oh man, that's the, wow, this, is, this one sparkles, it's got batteries. And everybody else is just riding on, you know, just a, a raggedy old bike, which is the, the standard that uh, they've been used to. So the PGA needs to accept that Live Golf can exist in the professional golf arena. The PGA needs to approach this from a different angle. As I mentioned before, everybody likes different products. Some people like the same products. I'm a big fan of Coca-Cola, but I also will drink Pepsi. So that doesn't mean that if I consume one product that I won't consume another. Yes, I do favor one over the other, but I still enjoy them both. So what I'm trying to get at is that the PGA can put out their product. The PGA and Live Golf can exist together. 
both are putting out different products, and that's why they can exist together. You're going to get the traditional format of golf from a PGA Tour event. And, and some people really enjoy that, really like that. You're going to have a different format with the Live Golf Tour. And some people like that. Some people like both. The fact that the PGA is trying to, to crush this tour before it even gets started is evidence that they're concerned. They're concerned that their product is not going to move forward with the golfing community. And they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be because they are the OG of the space. They have a solid product that people know and love, and they know exactly what they're going to get when they're watching a PGA Tour event compared to a Live Golf event. The PGA should just focus on continuing to put out their quality product and let Live Golf put out their product. Let the players have the freedom to navigate between any tour that they want to, whether it's in the U.S., whether it's a global tour, whether it's live golf, whatever. Just let these guys get out and play where they want to play. You're going to sit there and tell me that out of 45 PGA events for a regular season, and you've got live golf that's got eight total events, that you're not going to have multiple cross-player opportunities between the two. Eight events... Then you still got the other 30-plus events that players could jump back to the PGA Tour or from the PGA to live golf back and forth and let these guys play as much golf as they want to whenever they want to. I mean, it, it's silly to think that, you know, oh, well, you, you don't like our product. You're somehow disloyal to the PGA Tour that's done everything for you. Is that true? Or did you just prevent the possibility of another tour from developing to allow other golfers to play professionally because you had a monopoly on the space. Something to consider. I'm not mad at the PGA Tour for being concerned that, you know, Live Golf may, it may take some of their customers away. Any business is worried about that. Anytime there's a new business that pops out, you know, people are concerned about that. What I am mad about is that they are penalizing the players, thinking that somehow, you know, putting them into a restrictive playing atmosphere is somehow going to better their position in professional golf. And that's simply not true. They made a big mistake by penalizing these players. They should have said, okay, if you want to do that, if you want to switch to the Live Golf Tour, then you're more than welcome to do that. Be aware that this tour... Uh, currently doesn't have any um, structure put in place for world golf rankings. And I don't know what's going to happen to your rankings if you decide to transition to the Live Golf Tour. They should not have just out of the gate said, no, you can't do this. This is ridiculous. What all this boils down to, and I know we've covered a lot today in the podcast, is that there's space for both tours to exist, for multiple tours to exist. There should be movement of independent contractors, these professional golfers, between any tour that they want to play. I mean, just let them go. Just let them go. It's all right, okay? They're, they will come back because there's only eight events, and they probably want to continue to play golf because they enjoy the sport. So they can coexist. Yes, the money's higher in Live Golf for right now, 
we don't know how long that will happen. We don't know how long they'll be able to continuously put up $25 million purses. I mean, $500 billion is a lot, but they want to see a return on their investment. I mean, this is it's backed by the Saudi Public Investment Fund. <laughs> they want to make money off of this. So if their product isn't good, if it's not making money, guess what? It's not going to continue. So the fact that the PGA Tour feels like Live Golf shouldn't even be around is ridiculous. Give them some time. Let's see how they do. Let's see if it's still going in a few years. Let these players move from one tour to another unimpeded. Don't penalize them. Okay? Yes, they're putting up big money. That's okay. Your product, PGA Tour, your product is the standard. Everybody loves it. They know it. They trust it. Live Golf is just trying to switch some things up, challenge the standard, and see if they can't find their own space in the professional golf arena. Guys, if you have questions about golf, you know, how to get started in the game of golf, what to expect when you're out on the driving range or your first time out on an actual golf course, the etiquette of golf, just anything, any type of questions golf-related, feel free to reach out to me. You can hit me up at roughgolfpodcast at gmail. I'll be happy to answer your questions to the best of my ability. I want to bring more people into the sport. I want more people to understand that a lot of the myths that have been created, a lot of the misconceptions are just that, myths and misconceptions. That's really hard to say without stuttering. For those of you that are playing golf currently and maybe you're struggling a little bit, I want to give you a famous quote from one of my favorite golfers. His name is Walter Hagen. And we really have him to thank for creating professional golf as it is today. He was the one who really, you know, he was that personality that got out there and made golf cool or as cool as golf can be, which in my book is is really, really cool. But he said, and I quote, you don't have the game that you played last year or last week. You only have today's game. It may be far from your best, but it's all you've got. Harden your heart and make the best of it. I'll see you guys next week. And remember, keep on swinging.